And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody. Hey there. You listening? This is Craig Custance of the... This is Sean Gentilly not coughing into a microphone as did I you? did 10 seconds before. Maybe. Did you bring the flock of birds this week? I'm sitting by the non-bird window today. Okay. There are no trees outside. Um, I'm joined, as always, on Tuesdays in the special Americans edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, the only show where you'll hear American teams and players mentioned at all mm-hmm. on the Athletic Hockey what's it called? The Athletic Hockey Show Network, I guess. Ian, yesterday, really, he just goes out of his way to not say American player Did names. he? It's crazy. He speaks in Pig Latin. He, he refuses to actually essay <laughs> owns Jay. Can we talk, like, there's way too many American, good Americans in Canada. I still am not over that. Like, playing, like, the bet. Anyways, this, so we, of course, have a great show. We always have a great show for you. This show especially, and maybe we say this every time about our guests, but this week we have David Backus on, and he is so good. So, like, so David Backus, yeah. when when he, like, after a game and he, he's annoyed and doesn't want to do media and is exhausted, is still great, is, is, is as good as an interview as you, as you can get. He was, as we mentioned, our, all of our, like, go-to from producer Jeff to me and Sean, you needed a good soundbite or you needed an, some insight, you went to David Backus, no matter what you were writing about or who, what game you were covering. Well, we got refreshed, like, haven't done a media call or talked to anybody in the media in three months, David Backus. I mean, you pump tires on everybody who speaks I do. on I the know. show. I know. Like, I, well, that's I part d- of the deal. I, I don't. Oh, I think some. I think some of the guests have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> who who ba- specifically? Ba- 
<laughs> Bill Daly. <laughs> Mark, Looking at you, Mark Bucci. Lazar. Mark Lazarus. Bacchus. Bacchus was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. We have to. We have. To, my thought coming out of that was we have to get him on TV. He's got. He. I. I. He should be. Here's I, selfish. Selfishly, that yeah. guy can do it every. He can do it every once. He's got. You know, he's in a bunch of different spaces. He's talking about you know plant based uh, food franchises, and he's still got the charity going, and he clearly has a bunch of interests that, that extend. That extend. He's. Talking in his laundry room, drinking tea, ready to go out with his, you know, investment banker buddy in Huntington Beach or wherever, <laughs> wherever he was try, <laughs> try, trying to surf. Like, I'm down with that, but he needs, he needs to be on, he needs to be on TV. He, cause he had a couple monologues there about what it's like to lose the worst hockey games a player can lose, mm-hmm. which is game seven of the Stanley Cup final, the gold medal game in the Olympics and how, and how those were different and how they, you know, how we reacted and what it was like moving on. And it was really compelling stuff. And we, for once, just kind of shut up and let him, let him roll. Barely. So, yeah, I think like this the, is... You could see both of us wanting to jump in at times. And then we were like, you know what? We're going to... This week and this week only, we're going to let the guest talk. <laughs> yeah. I was running I was running and getting duct taped to put it over my <laughs> mouth. Because I was like... <laughs> I'm not going to screw this up like the Jack Hughes interview. I do think at one point I did ask Sean a question during the David Backus interview. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, <laughs> did not did not make its way into the interview uh, Q and A transcript, which is up now on oh, the yeah. Athletic.com. Go to the Athletic.com. So because we did go long with David Backus, it was it's thirty plus minutes, and and you don't have to be a Blues fan or a Bruins fan or like you just need to be a fan of hockey and human beings and um, yeah. America. A lot of like, of course, if you played on the two thousand ten American U.S. Olympic team, I, I, I'm going to ask about it. That's that's in the uh, bylaws <laughs> of this of this podcast. I think you. I think you said it. Uh, there's. I don't know that I've ever heard a player speak that openly and articulately about what it's like to lose these games. Yeah. I, I've, I've never heard anybody better on it. Honestly, it was, it was, it was, it was really, really good. Much, much better guy to talk to than Lazarus too. So oh, we stick better. around that Peter boss. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can, don't even get me started on him. Good God. If, it's going to be like a Joel Quenville like tell if we say hey this week's yeah. guest was really good uh we think you're gonna enjoy it that means they were terrible like you gotta start doing the um you know when he's just like uh, how was how did this guy play and he's like yeah he was, he was okay. fine he was fine he was fine that means just <laughs> awful so if i say they were great like the best ever that means they were above average mm-hmm. if i say stop what you're doing and fast forward anything we're talking about now and listen to it which i don't really want you to do but at least listen to the manscape ad then then you sh- it's really good. So that's a long way of that's us saying we're going to keep this first section tight because we went long with Bacchus and we're going to do that in a ten minute block uh, talking about how good he was. So, but I think we should stay on the Blues, Sean. Yeah, because there's been an interesting development in this upside down start of the NHL season, where you know the Lightning aren't good and the Leafs aren't. All these things, weird things, are happening. And we're six, seven games in for the most part for teams, and we still have three undefeated teams. And um, if you lost in overtime, you don't count. Sorry, Washington Capitals. We'll talk about the Capitals. I like the Capitals. Um, th- there was a fourth team in Edmonton, but of course we won't talk about them. 
I want to start with the St. Louis Blues, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it ties it a nice bow on the episode with David Backus. But the return of Vladimir Tarasenko into beast mode has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch him, he's got like he's he's back. He's just completely back. Um, has a highlight real goal last night. And then I'm, I'm going to see if I can pull up the quote. First of all, you talk about Vladimir Tarasenko for a second because I wanted to pull up the quote he said because I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure outside of Connor McDavid and, uh, you know, at times, at times Crosby, at times Malkin, guys like that. I don't think we've had a better highlight reel guy over the last decade when he's healthy yes. than Vladimir Tarasenko. Like he, you know, sometimes the consistency's there, sometimes it's not. He's obviously been hurt the last few years, but when that guy's on, I'm not sure I've had more fun watching a hockey player in this decade. So to see him go back into, like you said, beast mode, a couple games ago he had seven shots on goal and the game winner and all that, doing all that after, you know, a pretty hellacious run of shoulder injuries is is a treat. And I'm and I'm not and I'm not sold all the way on the blues, right? I think that's a I think that's a really good group of forwards. I think that's, you know, really in terms of four lines, I think that's something we haven't seen from them over the last over the last few years. There's there's reasons to be concerned. The expected goals percentage isn't where it isn't where it needs to be. The shot share is not where it needs to be. But oh, let the Blues fans enjoy it for a second. Oh, I, 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 I'm, that's that's my long winded throat clearing way of saying like <laughs> I'm really re- I'm really really interested in, the, in in this team and I and I know there's you know maybe reasons to pause but um they're fun to watch yeah. and a big part of that is because Tarasenko for now at least seems like he's back. Yeah. So he says after the so the fans are chanting his name. It's just it's awesome. It's like St. Louis fans are the best. I, you know, I've been in that building in in the, in the peak moments, and in it's just great. And so also a really underrated, completely. Um, and I say this with I say this with affection because I worked with a lot of St. Louis people before before the Cup run. Complete head cases. Oh like that, yeah, 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 that a compl- like I don't know if people who maybe don't pay attention to that franchise all that, or haven't paid all that much attention to that franchise realize like the psychic scars of the early years because they came they came close and didn't do it and then all, then all the all the Hull teams. I mean that's just like a that's like a tortured fan base. Yeah. So it, it that's been fascinating to track and the and the, the cup was a huge. A huge release there, right? Well, they're one of those franchises that that people like, or they they've had teams that people forget because they didn't ultimately win of every era. And then you have like, I think there's teams of the era where like I was at every single game, and like I'll, like people are gonna forget about those Anaheim Ducks teams that were so good that you know that would yep. lose to the Blackhawks or lose to yep. whoever. It, that sh- the Bruce Boudreaux Ducks teams are, are going to go down in my and no one's gonna remember them. Like that's just what happened. Sorry, and and they easily could have won a cup. There's those blues teams from that area you're talking about where where they just would run into the Detroit Red Wings and Steve Eiserman and the Colorado Avalanche, whatever it was. And it was like they were so good and didn't win. And so now you're tortured and now you're wondering, is it ever going to happen? Because if that team can't win, my goodness. Um, and then they win and they, they have this breakthrough. And, um, it, you know, and, and so Tarasenko has, has been great. He, so he says a quote, Jeremy Rutherford, this is off of a tweet that Jeremy says, and I want to, you know, He's talking in past tense. 
and and so this gets to and I'm definitely reading too much into it because a there's a language thing right like he's speaking English and I'm you know way better than my Russian so I don't know if it's intentional but you know he's he says I've always said it you know my family got so much help from people in um from St. you know from people from St. Louis the support through this 10 years was very awesome like I'm still feeling like he's you know is he still one out? Like, where where are we at on that? Is is he just pumping up his trade value? I mean, Doug Armstrong came as close as he could to saying at the start of the season, like, we're just going to see if something works, and you know, hopefully, we can find a solution that works that works for us and for him. That's a major paraphrase by me, yeah. but that's that's kind of that's kind of what he said. So I, I don't know. It makes you wonder how good they would have to be in October and November and December. To just say like, let's ride. Let's see what let's see what happens here. Like, is it best for both sides to just have another have another full year? I don't know. If if or a better way to look at this is if you're St. Louis and it's February and you're second in the division or whatever and stuff's close and you look like a legit a legit contender, why do you trade Vladimir Tarasenko to do him a favor? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've already proven they're not going to just trade him to satisfy mm-hmm. his request. Clear, like clear, that's uh, clearly. Um, but I, like, I look at his number; he's at seven and a half million for this year and next year. And this summer, that seemed completely unwieldy. You're like, ugh. Mm-hmm. If they want to trade him, they just have to get that contract off the books and get nothing in return. Like that was what I that was where my head was at because you you know you have injuries. So if you're moving him, you're just moving him to get the money off the books. Now I look at seven and a half, and I'm like. Huh, that's not a bad. And it's up in like I if, if you could sign Tarasenko to a two year deal at seven and a half, you're doing it right now. I think that's kind of a fun part, or a fun fun might not be the right word. It's an interesting part of going back to a flat cap system where I feel like we were close to recalibrating how we thought about player contracts. Right, like we were stuck in stasis there for a while. And my theory is a lot of it has to do with Crosby because because he's like the you know, the barometer, I think, for what constitutes a truly top-line salary and, and, and whatever. That's changed over the last couple of years because of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and obviously the guys in Edmonton. You know, you look at the, de- at the deal Barkov just signed. You know, good players, truly elite players make or should make $10 million a year now. And that's yeah. just something we were not we were not capable, I, I don't think, fully of understanding, say, two years ago. So you look at seven and a half million and you're like, this has to be a no doubt, no brainer, top 10 forward in the league or, or whatever. And that's not the way it works anymore. A seven and a half million dollar player, you know, doesn't need to be a 50 goal guy anymore. So right. there is value. I think there maybe is some hidden value in that Tarasenko contract on ice, at least. The issue for him, I mean, clearly in the blues is that he's a bad hit in the boards yeah. away from maybe never from maybe never playing again right. because the the shoulder stuff is very real and he's had multiple surgeries on it that's just the way it goes so you know maybe maybe they let it roll with him maybe not it's super duper interesting and like i said there's reasons to be concerned i suppose but they're fun to watch right now pa- pavel buchnevich has been a blast like that's that's found money for them and it's a great cost why didn't of, every other team make that trade like i don't like that I don't was like, like they were donating a good young player because the rangers whatever. the the rangers just wanted sammy play a step is bad. that what it was okay i just they needed them they needed them how like how how else could you 
you know, what what else are you going to do against against Tom Wilson? And what if the Blues are like, we'll keep half of Tarasenko's salary just to hit a home run in this deal? If they're if they're a good team, like what do you do? what do you do? Do you do you punt on the season and trade and trade and trade your best winger because of what's happened over the last few months? Like I don't know. Maybe you look for another yeah superstar on the trade block who has injury concerns, and you make a trade build built around that and send Tarasenko to the Sabers, who then mm-hmm. in an Eichel deal, who then retain half the salary and ship him off for futures. <sighs> See, we just. That's there we go. That's a great move. That works. Um, so the cap, the cap, the cap works out basically yeah. for and for Saint Louis. So now do then, we just do we just we just figured it out. I think we just all right. <laughs> um, the other two undefeateds. So so it's Florida, Carolina, and St. Louis in the U.S. Who are you hitching your weight? If you're like okay, which one of those three is the best? Florida, easy in your mind. Yes. I'm in. I'm in on Florida, and I'm out on Carolina. All right, that's what I wanted. To, that's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I thought we all were supposed to like Carolina. What? What happened? Carolina's, uh, you know, fun and and uh, tweets and whatnot and offer sheets, etc. They're at they're at that point in their evolution as an organization where the shit gets kind of old. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh you're over them. Cute, absolutely. Come on, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hipster by nature. I was, oh, right, I was, right. I, I was into the Hurricanes before they were cool, and now, and now, and now, I never liked them at all. Oh, you never liked I, them. You'll deny. No, no, I'll deny it. I'll deny it. Cool. I'll go back and de- I'll go back and delete tweets. Like I don't, I don't care. You were like, yeah, Don Cherry, haha. This is my team. <laughs> Tom Dundon, I love you. Yeah. So who's the who's so please p- please please sell me a car at thirty six percent interest? <laughs> it's if you so if you're out of, who's the new like what is a what team is the hipster team like? That's then? a great question. Is it the Panthers? It might be the Panthers. I'm two years away from from hating them too. You'll turn on them so fast. It's probably the Panthers because not a big fan base, so there's not a lot of buzz. But they are legitimately good. So you're right. Uh, about that, I, I, I mean, and seriously, if, if we're talking about if we're talking about sustainability right. in the undefeated American teams, I think I think they're the ones that have it. The question mark with them heading into the season and whatever we're six games in or whatever it is, so it hasn't been answered yet. But it was it was Bobrovsky. If they mm-hmm. could get anything out of him, and, he, and if he didn't, you know, revert into playoff mode in the in in the fall, they were going to be dangerous. And he's and he's been he's been really good. You know that's that's such an interesting group of forwards. Um, you, you, I, God, J- Jonathan Huberdeau's again racking up points. He's a fa- he's a fascinating guy because like he, it's like whoever whoever you throw on a line with him as a center produces. We right. saw with Alex one saw with Alex Winberg last year. We've seen with with other guys in the past. You know that's a that's a it, that's without even talking about Barkov. Watching Sam Bennett score power score on power play snipes a, cu- a couple games ago, like we love Sam Reinhardt here. We've talked him out before. I, I um I like them. I like them a lot. Right. I like them a lot. I like them in that division a lot. And something we were talking about before we started recording was like, because obviously we don't have to go into lengths or don't have to go into the Leafs at any kind of length, but at least might be fourth in that division, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're, and they're, and they're dropping points. Like it's their business right now. Metro looks tough. Yeah, you got, fourth, you got, but may not get in. 
got the Lightning, you got the Panthers, you got the Bruins, you got five or six or seven pretty decent teams in in the Metro. I mean, their road the road out for them is paved. All right. Last thing I want to touch on before we get to David Backus is is your Buffalo Sabres. I'm holding mm-hmm. my Donnie meatballs. Here it is. I always keep it. It's like my Linus blanket nearby. You know, we're... We, th- I should buy two. I should buy two. One to wear and then one to just get like very tastefully framed and hung and hung in my bedroom above my, <laughs> above be my bed. Good. Above my dresser. Oh, oh my gosh. Just keep your dresser out and then a frame Donnie meatballs. I don't have... I don't I don't have anything above my dresser. Oh shit. I, I, that's a great that's idea. That's a great idea. And then a... A picture of like the zoom of Donnie Granado just crushing <laughs> you in like a pull out quote. Yeah, me with my me with my head down, like I'm getting yelled at by one of my uncles or something. Yeah. So we knew all along that that was a great hire, of Correct. course, Correct. of course, um, and that they would they would overachieve this year because he gets the most out of young talent, of course. Um, I have no thoughts on the Sabers other than I'm just happy for the fans there to have something fun mm-hmm. to talk about and for John Vogel to have some. You know, it's not a ten alarm fire to put out. I feel like I feel like we do like weekly check ins on on the pod with with Vogel. Where we're, where we're like, hey, do you think he's do you think you he's think doing, doing okay? okay? I just I worry. <laughs> um, okay, so I here's my concern about the Savers. I'm trying to be super measured in, in the in the praise that I that I give them is that you know you got to figure this is. <laughs> They're not going to win. Uh, they're not going to go at a four and one pace for their for for the rest of the season. I think that would be pretty pretty unreasonable. Yes, they just beat the Lightning five one. Like what the hell is happening? Craig Anderson making th- making thirty five saves. Great interview by the way by Ian and, and, and Haley uh, yesterday or I posted yesterday of, of them of them talking well, to him because he's great, an American. That's great, that should have been our stuff. interview. Like they, that was out of bounds. That's an American right. goalie. Playing in America. Like, yeah. what, why? why? There was nobody from Ottawa to interview? That's why I brought it up. It was going to be a backdoor, a backdoor oh, way to air, to, to air grievances with, with, with them. Stay, stay out of our stay territory. Out of our, stay off our grass, Mendez. But, like, I don't know. The Sabres, seventh in the league with a 54% expected goals. They're out-attempting uh, out people. They're getting... Ha- uh, it's not as much it's more sustainable it seems more sustainable than you think they're not doing this through like smoke and mirrors where they're getting goalie they haven't gotten goalie to a 4-1 right. start right they're they're dominating 5 on 5 play pretty pretty decisively like maybe this is it maybe maybe this is the 6 game stretch you know that belies the rest of their results but they've been they've been legitimately really good these are not cheap wins here's what i'll say it's almost because we've had some weird hockey seasons during a global pandemic. I think everybody forgot what October was like. Mm-hmm. These are the easiest games to win every 100%. year. 100%. The good teams 100%. don't care. The teams that have been bad would like to get some wins. These are not this is not hard hockey. These so all yeah. of these the Red Wings, the Sabres, I'm happy for them. They're going to get some wins. This happens every October. And the teams that are really good don't come out of the gates flying because they don't care. Toronto doesn't care. These teams don't care. You think Tampa cares about games in October? No. No. They're going to be fine, no. everybody. I, Toronto's going to be fine. I know we don't talk about them. They're going to no. be fine. I know nobody wants to hear that there, so and they're not listening anyways. All these, te- like, these teams that are overachieving, that are 
aren't supposed to be like it's good for them. They want they want to come get some wins, and then one player gets hurt or something because that's what happens in a hockey season, and there's no depth, and then they go back. Yeah, totally, like this happens every October. Not to be that guy, but that's, yeah, but that's but that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun in talking about October hockey, and it's something that we haven't gotten ever. Whatever yeah. we didn't certainly didn't get last year. It's fun to try to figure out who's legit and who's not. Yeah, because one and, of these teams is legit. I guess one, that's fair. one of them is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. We it's not. It's, it's not. It's not going to be all of them. Like, we're going to sit here and worry about Tampa Bay. No, that's not. That's not. <laughs> they're what not missing the playoffs. Like, Dob, cares? I saw yeah, Dob that, tweeted like, that's oh, never going to Sixty-five. They're going to be at ninety percent when they rattle off three straight wins or something. Like, yeah, come on. Because they have. The, I mean, the thing about Tampa is Vasilevsky's the eraser, right? Like he, like he's gonna, he's going to go on some. Brain, some brain dead terror where where he puts up a nine forty one over the course of a month and then yes. and then then everything's going to be fine. Everyone's going to forget about Kucherov being hurt or whatever That's right. else. That's right. All right, but but that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we can't have fun. No, with, we can with, have fun. Uh, I just with, I think with, we with forgot what October's like and how these games are not the same as they are You're in right. the spring. That's all. One of these teams, and we don't know which one, is legit. I think maybe. Buffalo. And, Buffalo, and the <laughs> answer is Buffalo. Buffalo. And why is it? Which of these teams is legit? And why is it the Sabres? <laughs> and I'm glad. I like that you're out on Carolina. That make, I don't know why. I don't know where I stand on the Hurricanes, but I, 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 it's it's perfect for you. So yeah, um, uh, get get ready for the anti-Carolina takes because right. they're going to be coming fast and furious throughout. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, buckle up for this one, and. Um, we got David Backus in the best interview this podcast has ever had. One one quick tease for that. He's he says he says poop twice. If that's if that's a sell for anybody. Oh. So enjoy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are now thrilled to be joined from Southern California by the recently retired David Backus. Living the good life, sipping tea. Oh, how, David, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm well, enjoying being dad full time and, uh, you know, sunshine never hurts the, uh, the everyday <laughs> feeling when you wake up. So we're, we're loving the Southern California life. And uh, recently, my neighbor's been taking me surfing every every week oh. or so so uh a humbling experience nonetheless because <laughs> going out there and getting my butt kicked and smashed around by waves is uh it's you know i think i'm an athlete and my neighbor's a bigger guy you know kind of walks with a little bit of a limp and he gets out there and he's been doing it his whole life and he paddles and hops on that board and i am struggling i mean i drink more water out there than i do the rest of the day and but I'm loving it. It's great to be out there and uh, yeah, living the life. Have you gotten up yet? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I probably ride, you know, five or six waves a, a session, or an hour and a half, but um, it's not pretty. Uh, but you get that feeling, and you're like, okay, let's go, let's go, and uh, yeah, just kind of a new endeavor in my life. Have you surfed, Sean? I've never even. I wouldn't oh my even God, try. No, I would I'm, be like, I'm like that would be a disaster. I'm okay. the world's I'm sure. the world's worst water skier too. Like I'm just not. I don't <laughs> think I'm. I don't think I'm built. I don't think I'm built for that stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'm always curious about like you know we we've had players on that you know that are kind of starting the next chapter, and I know sometimes it can be really hard, right? Like it's it's all it's the hockey world is so all encompassing, but. Right. I, I was I wasn't really worried about you. I feel like you've got a lot going on and pretty balanced, and you've got your priorities. It seems like in the right place. But how has that transition gone for you? Uh, it's been good. I think there's there's certainly been moments of like, where does the game fit into my personal life? Of am I watching you know a full game at night? Uh, my I think my body clocks kind of said we should be doing something. Um, you know, and that's not necessarily just physically. It's like, we need to be somewhere. Why are we going anywhere? Um, there's, there's hockey happening. Um, I probably want, you know, if I see a games in overtime, like the uh, Anaheim in Minnesota the other night, I was like, okay, I'm going to tune in real quick and watch the overtime. Um, I think it's, it's never been something I've watched a lot in my free time because I've been hmm. in it. You're at yeah, right. 82 games plus preseason, plus hopefully a, postseason and when you're on the road there's a lot of time to to engross yourself in the game so I, my home life has never been really filled with hockey games so I, I had the conversation with my wife I think on Friday like am I going to just sit down and watch a hockey game for two and a half hours like with two young kids it's just like not something that I'm diving back into but I still love the game I'm still a fan of the game and um still following it, still a ton of friends that are in it and trying to encourage them and help them out along the, the journey of, of the ups and downs that come along a, a long season. So, yeah. Well, you can, you can be like the rest of us now and just tune in during the third period and just flip back right. and forth between other yeah. games, like get the, get, get the remote going and, and, and watching like little five second chunks. That's the, that's yeah. the move. You'll feel, you, I, I think you'll figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> catch, catch the nightly highlights. <laughs> That's right. I just scroll like Twitter and look for highlights there. That's it. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I haven't watched a full hockey game in years. Years. <laughs> <laughs> You're not stuck in a suite as a healthy scratch watching every every shift painfully. Um, so that two and a half hour potential game would be after the kids are in bed. Um, All right, right. There. I mean, they're, I think they like the idea of it. They think it's cool to just see the action on the ice, but I have a three and a half year old son and his attention span for anything mm -hmm. is probably three and a half minutes. If you've got something he's really interested in. So yeah, um, my daughter can sit and with a bucket of markers and a blank white piece of paper for hours. So same. Yeah. They're, they're just not necessarily in the sit and watch a game for extended time. Um, you know, but they do have interest in the game. I don't know if it's from the little bit that they were able to watch me play or just something that runs in their blood. But the idea of, hey, can we can we go skate or can we try to play hockey or just I want to play hockey. And it's like, we've never pushed that on you. Where are you getting that from? So, yeah, yeah. Kids are pretty smart. They, they, they know what. Um, so have you thought what what 
that connection to hockey might look like for you, like professionally, as is it like you could you have like a lot of avenues in front of if you want them, or maybe you just surf. I, I, yeah, that's <laughs> well, my wife and I have kind of uh, deemed this year as like our honeymoon year of like a yeah, we're gonna take a year and just get back to us and family and being present and like I can mm. walk my kids to school and pick them up every single day. And you know what? That's a decision. My wife and I just look at each other and we're like, you or me. And that's kind of cool to have instead of just, she knows she's got to do all that and I'm on the road or at the rink. So um, I think after this year, it might be something that we jump at a little bit more. And um, we have had, you know, quite a few avenues that we could have pursued but for now we're just kind of hitting that pause button and we're gonna we're gonna do us and uh get back to a little bit of you know what we reintroduce ourselves to each other i guess and that's kind of yeah. fun as well that's something we talked to travis ajak about too he mentioned he mentioned carpool duty He's, he was he was <laughs> he was psyched for it you guys can you yeah. guys can trade you guys can trade tips on on, on wrangling off the kids and uh getting getting them going in the morning he, he was psyched for that too yeah. <laughs> snacks in the back of the car that's all i got right now oh my gosh what pocket do you put the snacks in like where like where do, where do they go and yeah, i can organize together and, and my car has always been like the clean car and my, <laughs> wife's, my wife's vehicle is like a disaster i'm like what do you do to this thing and now i know like kids get a snack in the back and it's like you know the crumbs and the wrappers are everywhere and their toys that they had to bring in the car that they are disinterested in three minutes in, uh, <laughs> but all, all good and loving that part too. So we randomly found an apple that was underneath the seat of our car. We had fruit fly, a, a major fruit fly problem yeah. in the minivan recently and we couldn't get to the bottom of it. <laughs> what, and is then the, what is the source here? We need to figure to it pull, out. Like I pull it out. It looked like something from like, it was like white. It looked like a Christmas decoration. It was <laughs> so moldy. Did you put a little string on it? I should. We might yeah. as well. Like I might put it on the tree this year. It's hanging. It's hanging on the, on the rearview mirror. Actually, it's it's, a, a it's, a, now, yeah. it's an ornament. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to the source in that. Um, so I, a couple of things. I always, you know, now that we have some space, there's been a couple of things in your career that I was always fascinated about, and one was the offer sheet. If you don't like the, I, I liked that. Oh, that back. was the one. Mm-hmm. I'm going way back. Well, because now we can talk about it in, in maybe in more. That was the one where there was like a fight, right, between the Canucks and the Blues, where it was like one guy who was the other, there was another offer sheet done. And Steve it was Bernier. Retali- Steve Bernier. I love that stuff. I love the retaliation and the in in you know that never happens in this space. What was what do you remember most about that that moment in time? Uh, well, I was on my honeymoon, um, and I've told the story a little bit of I was on my honeymoon, and my agent called night before free agency. I was restricted, obviously, and. He said, Hey, just hang around. You don't never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I was like, all mm-hmm. right. You know, and it, I was in Hawaii. So it was whatever noon Eastern was 8am in Hawaii. And all of a sudden my phone rings and we had had no formal discussions with St. Louis. And I was hoping for a one-way contract of any kind, a million bucks, a million, you know, if there would have been a, a million dollars on a one-way deal, for however many years I, I would have signed it. And he calls, he's like, Vancouver called and they want to give you an offer sheet and they want to offer you three years at two and a half million, you know, with signing bonus in the first year. And I was like, what? He's like, <laughs> first of all, how do you say no to that? Um, second of all, St. Louis wasn't like 
in, I mean, you got from the year end and we were terrible in St. Louis early in my career. Yeah. So it was early April until early July to have a discussion, throw a bone out there and just see where it goes. And none of that had happened. So Vancouver came calling. It was like, Hey, they want me. And, uh, I guess the backstory is, so we're in a hotel room in Hawaii on our honeymoon and I get off the phone. I'm kind of like shaking because all of a sudden I went from hoping to make a million bucks a year to a three-year deal at two and a half million. I'm like, this is like that scratch off that, you know, you thought you had a hundred dollars on had a, had a, a fifty, yeah, it had a fifty thousand dollar bonus prize in it. So I'm like, Kelly, like Vancouver just offered me three year deal at seven and a half million dollars, and there's no way we can turn this down. And she like gets sad, and she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live in like Canada and Vancouver. I don't know anything about it. So we start looking it up, and. I'm like, it's on the coast and we're Googling Vancouver and it's like the most livable city in North America and all the walking and it's progressive with all this. And my wife's vegetarian, all this food that she's into. And all of a sudden she's like, this is going to be great. (laughs) And, and no later than she like comes to terms of like, Vancouver is going to be awesome. We get the call back from St. Louis and they're like, we're going to match. This is a no brainer. We want you a part of the future. Oh, man. And now she's sat on the other side. She's like, <laughs> I was excited for Vancouver. <laughs> and now we're going to stay in St. Louis, which we love St. Louis. And it's, right. Of course. I mean, it turned out obviously the way it was supposed to, but we're like, it was like this roller coaster of like, not Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver. Oh, we're not going to Vancouver. I miss Vancouver and we're never even a part of it. <laughs> I and miss now it. <laughs> we're back in St. Louis with this great, you know, contract and we can move closer to the city because on my entry level deal, we bought out in, in the boondocks really of, you know, a, a far suburb of St. Louis. And so um, it all worked out great, but those were kind of like that, that roller coaster. And like you said, after St. Louis matched, it was like the next day, St. Louis offer sheeted uh c bernier from vancouver mm-hmm. for one year two and a half million kind of similar um, yeah not on the stage of uh aho and uh, <laughs> uh i can't even say kakami or kakaniemi uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you got it in uh montreal but you know the number the numbers have grown over the years but the back and forth is still still prevalent that whole that whole situation i mean they they used every second they could right like they had yeah. it was the full the, the full allotted time. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember how long, how long you had to wait. So like an, an overnight. <laughs> so Not like even same, overnight. Same day. Oh was, God, really? Same day. It was like three hours later. Three hours. That was more than enough time for you to be like, wow, there's like, here's, here's maybe where we'd live and here's some cool restaurants. Like that's, that's, that, that's the amount of time. <laughs> what a three hour that's the amount of time it takes. Like, like, like it, yeah. wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight or a week or whatever. That's, yeah, I don't know if you guys are married, but on your honeymoon is not the time to be disappointing your wife. So when she's like devastated, we're going to Canada and Vancouver. I was like, no, look at all this great stuff yeah. that could happen there. So maybe it was my fault for getting her revved up about it. But I mean, yeah. Vancouver, if you had to live in Canada. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big if. Vancouver is number one, like yeah. probably by a country mile. I would well, say it's easy. It's easy too when you're like, okay, we just became seven and a half millionaires too. Like, like you know that that <laughs> yeah, you know that, that, that money's coming. Like, like whether whether yeah. it's whether it's in St. Louis or, or, or Vancouver, right? Right. We're not going to have to live, you know, in 
And it's going to be better no matter what right. happens. The commute's not going to be from the middle of British Columbia to right. metropolitan Vancouver. We're going to be able to afford a place in the city and you're going right. to love it. So let's stay in Vancouver for a second. What was it like from the players, from your perspective in the Olympics? Um, I, I especially think after, like, like how gutting it was, but also what a great accomplishment. What was that experience like, you know, in, in that in those final days there? Well, I think as it's happening, it's, I mean, especially in Olympic format, it's happening so fast that it's tough to digest, especially the external, you know, back home, what's going on, how exciting this is to the people back home, just because you're in it. And I think part of that is survival and being able to like minimize the moment so that you can perform because if you get mm. wrapped up in like oh we're miracle on ice 20 10 30 years after the original and here we go gold medal like now all of a sudden you're locking up because you're like you've you've blown this thing up and maybe to what it actually is but if you can minimize that to be like hey we're going to you know we're going to the rank where we always go in vancouver and we're going to play another important game and I just got to worry about my next shift. And if I get that opportunity, what am I going to do with it? And so I think as it's happening, you're like, okay, next game, next opportunity. Let's enjoy this Olympic experience. Look at all these cool people. We're able to explore the city of Vancouver. And that was my first wife's actually first time there was at that Olympics. And hmm. I mean, the city and that Olympics was like, well, obviously I was able to go in Sochi where they had the condensed village you know, and it was kind of, you know, the, all the venues were all on one campus. So you went to the campus and you were at the Olympic venues or you were in the city in Vancouver. It was like, they were all spread out and it's so walkable that you could walk to all these things. And the whole city was engrossed with it. Like for me and my two experiences at Olympics, like that was, I don't know if it's been done better than how Vancouver did it and how it was embraced by the whole area and then it's in canada so hockey's like magnified a thousand times so um just what a what a time to you know be part of that um as it comes to the you know that gold medal game it's it's one of those things where i think it was a most of our games were like 12 15 or 12 30 games and then it was like the last thing of the olympics and then it was going to go right into the closing ceremony so Going to the rink, it was, I guess, when we beat Finland in the uh, semifinal game and we crushed them, I was thinking, like, we're going to play for a gold medal. And, you know, rationalizing my own head, I'm like, the consolation prize for not winning this game is a silver medal. That's not, that's not a turd in the punch bowl. Like, that's a pretty good accomplishment. But we're going to win this dang gold medal. Like, let's go do this. We, Ryan Miller was out of his mind playing that tournament, like carried us along with, you know, Parisi and Langenbrunner and uh, Brian Rafalski and just the guys that were contributing in key moments was awesome. So that gold medal game back and forth and, you know, you get to overtime and I remember Ryan Whitney in, you know, after regulation, he's in the locker room and we had a makeshift locker room in that uh, Vancouver rink and he's like someone's going to be a hero you know in this room and I, I remember it like it was yesterday and it was 11 years ago and I'm like 
someone is. And I, I don't think I got a shift in overtime. I was sitting next to Tim Thomas on the bench, like best seats in the house ringside. Uh, but we had a couple of great A's. They had a couple of great A's. And then I remember Sid coming off the wall and, and shooting. And, you know, I, I was still in disbelief that it went in from everything that, you know, all the, the, there was better chances in overtime before that. And when that went in, it was like, oh, you know, like this doesn't seem like justice because all the work that's gone in there and the opportunity we had, like for it to be a, and I don't know if he'll call it a greasy goal, but it was kind of a greasy goal where, you know, out of all the chances, it wasn't the best one. Um, and so it was kind of a letdown where you're disappointed. You're like, we were in overtime, the gold medal game. Like we should have, I mean, we were right there. And so yeah. you look at our faces after that and you're like, devastations on him, but you get a silver medal around your neck. And um, three of us went to the closing ceremonies after that. Um, I think it was Jack Johnson, myself and Ryan Miller. Um, and, you know, we had to dress up like clowns in our Ralph Lauren. Outfit. Yeah. Like I still have wearing, wearing berets or whatever, <laughs> whatever the stuff you guys in. Yeah. Berkey's like, I can't believe you guys are even putting those things on. It's like, you know what? Part of it was, you know, I want, we didn't get to be part of the opening ceremonies because those happen while the season's going on. And so, uh, I went to the game like I'm going to the closing ceremonies. These are the gold medalists or a silver medalist, and I want to be part of this. And I think mm -hmm. that day, I think tickets to the gold medal game were like 800 bucks a piece, uh, at least from the player's perspective. And I had uh, 10 people in town and then closing ceremony tickets were the same amount. So I think I spent 15,000 or 16,000 bucks on tickets for like gold medal game, <laughs> closing ceremonies. And I'm like, I'm going to the closing ceremony. So we got dressed up in our monkey outfits and uh, slammed a couple beers and then walked across the street to the closing ceremonies uh, at the football stadium there. And I mean, that was awesome too. Like mm -hmm. as much as you were like devastated that we were in overtime of the gold medal game, we had a silver medal and I was so proud of that. So still, I'm so proud of that yeah. silver medal that that was a cool accomplishment. And then the closing ceremonies were off the chains and all the athletes around you that had amazing Olympics. So yeah, that's kind of my Olympic monologue for you. I mean, it's, it's great. That. It's great that you get, that you got to enjoy that. Honestly, that's something I think about a lot. Whenever teams lose these devast these devastating games, you have to, you have to pivot so quickly to whatever comes next. Right. And you have to, get dressed and, and go and go to the closing ceremony and stuff. Like I, if, if you, if you said like I floated through the closing ceremony, it sucked. I was miserable. I had a horrible time. That would have made just as much sense to me. Right. Cause I, so it, it's yeah. always, it's always fascinating to hear like what the acceptance process is like for, for you guys after, after losses like that. Yeah. We might've had a, a secret uh, distributor of some adult beverages during the ceremony to make Attaboy. it enjoyable and to, Attaboy. you know, like, <laughs> either celebrate or drown some sorrows but um oh, you know it was <laughs> like when works we we're at a one of the coolest concerts ever like some of the yeah, performing yeah. acts that were there and you know having our fellow olympians around us so um yeah it was it was it was awesome and uh, you talk about pivoting like i think that ceremony and celebrating the olympic spirit did kind of dampen a little bit of that immediately where you look at like the 2019 Stanley cup final when, when you lose game seven, it's like, 
there's nothing to all of a sudden, you know, pour a little water on the fire because that just sucks all summer and into the next year and whatever the heck that brings. So um, that I think was more gut and, and there's no, not, I mean, the, the silver medal is a consolation prize, but mm-hmm. a Stanley cup final, they don't give you a, a bronze cup for, for getting <laughs> That's second right. place yeah. while someone else gets a silver <laughs> cup. Like you go home with a, you know, <sighs> a full bag of poo and, and you're just there. And so, mm-hmm. That's what they give you. <laughs> that's, that's screwed up, man. <laughs> well, it's because it's because it wasn't Canada. They're just blatant, blatant, blatant disrespect. That's what you get. I always think about that. Like people talk about the cup hangover for the winners, right? And I all like the the. I would think it would be way harder to try to climb that mountain again, coming off a gate. Like I, I don't even know how you would have the mental wherewithal to come back the next season and go through it again. Well, I think it's. I and I. I'm not trying to diminish anybody with real PTSD, but there's a little bit of like, right. To get to a Stanley cup final, you need to be vulnerable and lay it all on the line and just be willing to have heartache and be willing to have your heart ripped right out of your chest in order to have the opportunity to accomplish that ultimate goal of winning that cup. Like that's the commitment you need to your teammates and to every shift is to, to say I'm all in and this is either going to hurt like hell or this is going to be glorious as I'll get out. And that's the risk. Either you put that on the line and you make it that far, or you're not willing to put that on the line and round one, you're like, you know what, this isn't for me. And you don't have enough guys willing to do that and you never get past those first couple of rounds and you wallow a little bit in mediocrity. But if you're willing to say, I'm, I'm in, I'm either going to take a gut punch or I'm going to raise the cup. Um, that to me is like the, what you wager in order to get to that point. And so when you get to that point and you get the gut punch and you go, I was right there. And, and you know, I didn't play in games five, six, or seven. So I don't know if like in my mind, a little bit of my psyche and maybe this is my protecting myself is like, I'm still in a two, two series. Cause that's when I left the series was two, two. And I had no other impact. I was a professional bag skater for the last week of that series. Add on, it was against the team I played 10 years for and was captain of in the city I loved. So there were a lot of layers for me in that series. Um, but when you get that far and you don't win it that summer, I guess part of it is like, I got to get back up on this horse and try it again. And am I willing to go back into those depths of like vulnerability and open up your chest and be like, here's my, here's my heart. Anyone want to squeeze it? Or is this thing going to grow twice the size and, and have a elation moment of like, what you were able to see those other guys do, you know, in spite, you know, instead of you, um, you know, there were moments in my summer training where I was like, screw this. I'm going to do another set because if it comes down to game seven and I got a chance, like, I think there's always a little bit of that in your training where you're like, okay, I can do one more because I want to, you know, pretend it's my last shift and I got a chance. I want to be ready for it. But now it's like, you know what that circumstance is like and you want to be everything you can 
pay for it. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you probably have a wave to catch or something here. So, uh, no, but I do see the athletes for animals tea. Yeah, seriously. Is yeah. it? Oh, it's overcast. So you're, you're, you're good. We got we got all the time. That's why the door's okay. shut. I'm in the laundry room. yeah welcome to welcome to my life so so i i always love that you you know that was a thing you had going with kelly on you know with with the with the animals and the dogs and you were in sochi rounding up dogs in the streets or whatever was happening over there how much you know how much satisfaction do you get from that and are you still is that still a thing that's prevalent right now in your life yeah so uh we've got our charity that's still running and we're doing our our fall grant cycle right now we had 89 applications for funding for different programs that are forward thinking and trying to combat Mm -hmm. pet homelessness and pet quality of life uh, from the front end. And it's just so awesome to see all of the great work that's being done by organizations out there. And we have this platform to leverage, to raise funds and to, you know, raise awareness for some of the work that other groups are doing. So we want to continue doing that. Um, You know, we're, Obviously, with COVID, the idea of a formal fundraiser, other than me cleaning out my closet and auctioning off a bunch of gloves and the Blues contributing a couple of relic jerseys that were just collecting dust in an old closet. But it was extremely successful. Again, humbled by that uh, support that so many people did and and supported us. But yeah, we're still functioning and still doing it. um, That and we're getting into uh, uh, franchising a couple uh, plant-based fast casual uh, american grills so we're, Are we're diving really? into a little bit of i want to hear more about let's, let's talk about that i want to hear more about does that. it have a name yet yeah, yeah let's pump it up well the franchise is stock and spade um and stock it's and spade minnesota based um so we're we're gonna start by doing doing one in minnesota and then uh, we'll see where we go from there obviously the idea of california and, and plant-based eating is much more prevalent than midwest but a passion of Kelly and I's both of eating healthy for, you know, my digestive tract issues I've had, um, you know, to just try to control your controllables. And then Kelly's yeah. really compassionate about the animals and connecting to her plate. And then for, uh, you know, environmental issues that seem to be prevalent lately as well. So all those reasons we want to further the cause and make it more accessible to people. Um, and here we go. Well, I don't know if you've heard our ad reads on this podcast, but if you ever want a stock and spade ad, we've got a lot of yeah, inventory. Yeah, we're, we're really, uh, we're really convincing. I always, <laughs> I, I always love, I always love hearing about people who get more into plant-based food because of the environmental aspect. Like, I think that's something that just, that, mm. that's, that's so much easier. Like for me, cause I, I love, I love meat, right. And I, I don't have yeah. necessarily the, you know, I, I don't have the animal connection, but as someone who, you know, Care, who care, cares about climate change and all, all that stuff. It's a, it's a much more persuasive kind of, kind of argument to, to, to work, to work into the mix there. Yeah. And, um, you know, just from a digestive tract issue myself, of like I was, you know, 33 years old, right. a healthy professional athlete. And I was having a colon resection mm-hmm. from diverticulitis. Like to me, mm. I was, it was just kind of a, a awakening of, I got to control everything that I can to try to sway these odds in my favor of having, you know, or not being hospitalized as, as a relatively young man. So Mm -hmm. uh, I got into it a lot more that way. She's more connected to her plate. And then we're both, you know, environmentally of factory farming and the methane Mm -hmm. gas and the amount of water it takes to produce, um, you know, beef. So all of those things, I think just lend us to, 
an opportunity to you know be entrepreneurs and and run a business, but also to further a cause that we really care about. So we're jumping in. Awesome. One more one, one more thing too, dude. It's it's October. It's October twenty twenty fifth. We're like a little bit into the season. This is like kind of around the time that you started your started your tour ahead of the twenty ten games. Or you're you're fighting <laughs> you're fighting Corey Perry and. Whatever else, it's time. It's time for someone to take. It's time for someone to take up that mantle. Like who? Who from that? Who who from? Who from that group is is gonna is gonna take over and go on the same tour as you? Well, I think I think you need to. uh, Somebody might take up that mantle, but I I wonder what that looks like in today's NHL because the game has changed. Like there's a fight. I don't know what someone's got statistics, but. There was maybe a fight every other game in 2010. Like now there's a fight every 10 every games. 10, yeah. If that, yeah. and it's like, there's there's two guys on each team that might fight tonight. And typically one of them doesn't play. And, the, you know, it's, it's just not the same as it was. And I love that that gets so much press. Like to me, if I'm playing Jonathan Taves, I want to fight him every game not because I want to beat the wheels off him because I want him in the penalty box for five minutes with me because my job is to stop him from being effective as a hockey player. And finally he said yes that night. And then, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it was Nash or uh, Corey Perry next, but it was like, now all of a sudden there's gaining steam on this, on this uh, storyline. So I'm like, well, who do we got next? I think, I think it was Miko Koivu, maybe the, Fortnite and uh he was not obliging my request so it was like <laughs> well maybe we, we keep this to canada because those guys seem a little bit more willing to uh combat than than maybe the finnish guys so first time was luck of the draw and then after that you're like no okay i'm picking that guy i'm picking that guy i'm picking that guy <laughs> well you know once you get to the olympics and i knew at the olympics i wasn't gonna yeah. be a top line guy so i'm like we can stir the pot a little bit here where it's it's a little bit and and Let's be honest. All three of those guys are not guys that are, you know, they're better hockey players than mm-hmm. I am. My only way to succeed in the league at any time was to get under somebody's skin and to try to get them to think about whether I was going to hit them or grab them or, you know, rough them up or, or, you know, if I'm playing a skill competition against any of those guys, they win. Those mm-hmm. guys are just more skilled than I am. And that's the way most of my career was. When I looked at my matchup for the night, it was like, I need to get Sidney Crosby to think about like anything but trying to make hockey plays. And that's mm-hmm. how I win tonight. Or Jonathan Taves. And truthfully, I mean, I feel like I was pretty good at that, but I was also blessed with a TJ Oshie or an Alex Steen or, you know, a Paul Correa that could play hockey skillfully and like compliment. So I would ruffle somebody's feathers or knock them off the puck. And those guys were in a great place to capitalize on that disruption that I made. And so I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, God winks on my career of putting me in great positions to, you just lucked your way into a bunch of 25 goal seasons. That was, that was, that was, a, that was an accident. <laughs> that was Keith Kachuk pointing to a little circle in front of the net and saying, this is where you score all your goals. And I, I just, somebody might have that stat too of like how many how many pucks did i actually shoot into the net because there i mean there was a few but if it was like 50 percent, i would i mean that's that's my guess it's about 50 percent were tips and then 50 percent, i had some exertion 
to propel a puck forward to put it into the net. <laughs> Where you were actually pushing it forward? Yeah. The rest of it was like standing there like a lug and it either hit off my butt or my shin pad or I got a stick on it somehow and it went into the net. Like without those words of wisdom early in my career, because mm. in college, everyone is like, I was, I was running a half wall on the power play. I was not the net front guy. I was right. the guy who had the puck on my stick. And you look at the pro world and it's like, if, if a coach put me on the half wall, they probably got fired the next day. <laughs> like I needed to be the guy that was standing in front with a big body, screening a goalie, battling a defenseman. And then you get a rebound or um, you get a tip on the one coming in. So I don't know how we got on this tangent, but uh, Sean, my bad. Yeah. Well, you can pass. That's you can great. pass. You can pass words of wisdom on to Matthew and Brady. You can tell them to fight a bunch of Canadian dudes in in uh, in, in December and January. They can they can take up that mantle from you. You can pa- you can you can idea. pay it forward. Problem is, they both have to live in Canada, so you, you wonder how that, <laughs> how that transpires when they're surrounded by the enemy. Like they might. Yeah, well, I mean, they do their fair share of ruffling feathers, and um, I don't know if those guys need any advice from me. They're pretty special talents. And look at that family, like three oh. first rounders. And I love Walt saying that they're now officially all off the payroll. His daughter's a <laughs> division one field hockey player at Virginia, like incredible, like what genes they have to just be exceptional athletes and, and excel the way they have pretty awesome. And they were all in their underwear and diapers when I was living with him early That's in my amazing. career. And now they're, superstars in the nhl and like what a family like great people too like yep. sh- like Walt and all yeah. just like the the, the best like yep. um i was just talking to Haley, who covers the, the flames for us and she's gotten to know the chuck kids and i'm like and she's just like oh that family and they invited me into the suite and i'm like of course they did because that's they they're like that's how they are like they, they're yep. just welcoming and the best yep they're awesome. Awesome. Well, David, thanks for doing this. This was awesome. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thanks this for having me. Great. Anytime. Enjoy the waves and uh, <laughs> and good luck with uh, stocks and stock and spade. Is that what it is? Stock That's and spade. It. Stock awesome. and spade. Love awesome. It. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, You're back. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, guys. That was great. Great to catch up with with David. As as producer Jeff said, he was you know you have go to guys in each dressing room. Um, whatever dressing room he was in, regardless of the level, Olympics or St. Louis or Boston, that he was the go-to guy. Because I've never heard anybody articulate what it's like to lose the Stanley Cup as well as he just did. The vulnerability. I've never heard it put in those terms. The vulnerability you have to have as a player to say, I'm going to put myself out there um, and, and, and we're going to do what it takes to get there, even if it means we are crushed. We just let him roll on that too. Like that was one of those things where, you know, starts talking and you just let him, let him, let him say what he's going to say. Cause it's, cause it's, uh, I, I've, I'm with you, man. I, I've never heard anybody speak about it in those terms either. Guys, a, it was awesome. Guys, a gem. And now he's surfing and focus on sustainable eating and all that stuff. I love it. Love hearing it. Oh, he's, he's great. That's great. Well, all right, let's, um, we got one more segment, a lot to get to, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I think the last segment here is really turned into a place for us to wade into the comments on the on the, on the athletic podcast app, we got we got people rolling. We're I conditioning love this. we're conditioning people to dump on us here. I love it. This was this is so organic, and that's what I like about it. this. wasn't Sean and I brainstorming, be like, "Hey, what should we do for segment three every week?" This became you guys going into the comments section of our specific episode on the athletic app. Again, really hard to find. So these are the people that do this are like, "Hey, I want to interact," and these are so the the the, tw- the dozen the Dozen people that do this, we love you. If yeah. you're leaving comments, A, you've earned it. B, you subscribe to The Athletic, which you should, in 50% off the other or whatever. And um, we like to read them, and that makes us laugh. <laughs> yeah. and, C, and C, you're smarter than I am, because I can't Sean ever still find these. Can't figure out how to do it. All right, so I'm pulling them up. We are going to dive in. And um, so, I, so, so Oifi B, and I feel like I'm butchering that. So, A O I F E. This is a, now a regular of the show. So, I like that we've got regular commenters. Yeah. Also, also please, Oifi or Oife, please like leave a comment telling us how to pronounce your name. Because I will read I'm your like, comments every week. I just want to say your name correctly. I've, got, you I've, I've gotten very, very self conscious about, about yeah. screwing up your name as someone with a last name who people destroy. Gentile. Gen, gentile. Well, Gente, gentile. Get Gentile. Gentile. That's what the extra L is for, people. Come on. So, Oife says, I will not rest. I think this is targeted to me, I'm going to assume. But maybe both of us. I will not rest Mm. until you do a podcast in head-to-toe thrasher's gear. I need some thrasher's gear. Does that mean we have to gear up with, like, do I have to, like, have uh, a pad up? Or can I just wear my... um... (laughs) You got to wear... Yeah, you got to get a helmet from... uh, (laughs) Scott you know, Mellonby. I was, I was about to. I was, I was about to. I was about to whiff. See if see if, see if Bogosian has, has has any leftover gear. Oh my gosh! So I I own two things thrashers related that are just leftovers from my time covering them. One I just noticed. I, I actually don't own it. It's in my in laws' cottage. One giveaway game they gave out a thrashers CD ROM or CD case. <laughs> You know, one of those things where it has like the Velcro and you flip through and you have all your CDs in it. This is how old this franchise is. And I am. It got, it got, it got stolen out of my car, by the way. Mine, oh, your CD case? Oh, oh, horrendous. Hundreds, hundreds gone. I had my CD stolen welcome week checking my freshman year at Michigan State. We were oh, all moving brutal. in and we just were going back and forth to the car and someone walked out with my whole CD collection. Because we just had the door open. I had a loaded iPod stolen off my desk at a, at a party in my apartment in, in, in College Park. Yeah. Terrible. So, the Thrasher CD case is at my in-law's cottage in Lexington, Michigan. I'll give the address later, the coordinates later. It's next mm-hmm. to Pierre's. It's and, next to Pierre's. <laughs> and they use – because, you know, my father-in-law is the only person still using CDs and he's got all his, you know, Beatles or whatever, Credence and, you know, he's got – and so, I, I we were putting on music one night in the summer. I'm like, this is the Thrasher's. So, that's the one piece. The second piece is that like is is that like where CD wallets are going to end up like at vacation yeah. homes and, cottage, and cottages and stuff like whenever you see like if, if you if you rent if you rent a house or whatever and you see like they have uh, the board game closet where it's yeah. like here's Clue and Balderdash and whatever else like that's where <laughs> categories because <laughs> it's never the new games it's always here's the games yeah. from this is 1986 taboo I didn't know they made this anymore. <laughs> 
the beauty so that's what cottage, that's what makes cottage life great is the technology is always 20 years behind because mm-hmm. you want to shut your phone off so you have all the you have vhs and you have if, if you're lucky and you have all this stuff also my sister was telling me vcrs are hard to get like if you wanted to buy mm-hmm. a vcr right now it's like 300 dollars because she was that's she crazy. wanted to watch like her wedding video and she's like i went on ebay to buy a vcr and it was ridiculous it'd be cheaper just to get it transferred to yeah of a usable format. I just can't believe VCRs are expensive. All right, moving on. Oh, the second piece of Thrasher's thing I have left mm-hmm. over. This is so random. So they did a casino night every year. And I went one year, my first year, because I'm like, you know what? I should have a few drinks with the players and get to know them. This is, I just had started. This is a good chance to, like, in a very casual setting outside the locker room, get to know players and staff better. Good strategy as a, as a young writer. And they gave out um, these, I think they're Waterford or uh, these champagne flutes. And they had um, little, you know, remember back in the day where it was like the popular thing was to have like a little thing on your wine glass to identify it was mm-hmm. yours, almost like an earring. You know what I mean? They, I don't know. If no, they, that was, that was, that, pre- I have, I honestly, I'm not even saying it to be a smart ass. No. Okay. I, that, there was that a moment in time me. where like everyone for Christmas got like these little tiny things you would clasp onto like the stem of your mm-hmm. wine glass. So I guess to identify that it was yours. So if we're all, all drinking a bunch of wine and they're empties, it's like, oh, my wine glass is the Santa Claus charm or whatever. Oh, God. Maybe this was. This this happened. This happened. I remember those Christmases where people were. Yeah, it was, and it was, and you 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 got that glass, and then you busted out, you know, Garnet XLB or whatever. Yeah, so I've got little tiny Thrasher logos. I'll take a picture of it and little Thrasher logos attached. They they were Tiffany. That's what it was. They're really nice. Good God! And they were on these little. So whenever I get bring out champagne for whatever reason. I think the last time was not New Year's related that I did this was when my book, I turned in my manuscript to my book. I drank champagne. Oh, you wrote a book? I did. I did. We'll get to that. Actually, it's brought up in the comments. <laughs> um, and celebrated it and I brought up the thrashers. And it's like, hey, the thrash, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great thing to own. So no, so no thrashers gear. I guess this is a long way of answering that question. I'm coming. I'm coming to the house and I'm going to steal that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> at the be, very least, we'll have mine. some champagne. <laughs> I'll send you one. I've got two of them. You'd be the only person that would appreciate it. Oh, I know, seriously. And I have the third, I have a Ray Ferraro bobblehead. That's it. He's always by my, he's, I'm looking at him right now on my windowsill. Hello, Ray. Ray Ferraro bobblehead. It's a Ray Ferraro broadcaster bobblehead, though. (laughs) It's like super. He's holding holding a mic. The only person giving true insight. All right. He's getting caught. He's getting caught on live mics and saying stuff that he's going to get yelled at for. Uh, John W., great show this week. Love the humor. Jack Ho- Jack Hughes should hire you both to be his agents. We really were pumping him up. Like, uh, all journalist, journalistic well, integrity. Well, yeah, guess up. what? A lot, of, a lot of good that did. I know. Good God. Sorry, it was within, within, within a day. What? 24 hours he gets hurt? Yeah, that part. And Ian, and Ian and Haley, I thought this was like in our little side slacks uh, in our office, were blaming us <laughs> and, and mentioned, you know, that Craig Anderson went on their show and actually had a shutout or whatever. I, we had nothing to do with Jack Hughes' injury. I don't believe in any of that. It's not the Sports Illustrated curse, which I do believe in. Haley's, Haley's taking full credit for that game last night, by the way. Okay. Uh, John W. says, with the start the Blackhawks have had, a hot mess at best, agreed. We are anxiously mm-hmm. awaiting whether you are ready to call their season or not. Or call our season. This is a Blackhawks fan. The fans are calling for a sacrifice, i.e. Colleton's job. Are we calling the Blackhawks? We called the Kraken last week. 
I feel like we're we need to go long longer on them next week. I don't know if this is the right space just to throw it in, like at, at the end of a it's, like we need we need we need John's ten good minutes. If on, you're calling on, him. On, we're on, on MSNBC. Up. We've got Ab- the the results absolutely. are in. The state's blinking. Absolutely. Are we calling the Blackhawks? Yeah, this, I'm I'm standing in front of the Kornacki screen, like gesturing <laughs> like a maniac, like Stan Paul, it's done. It's done. <laughs> all, right, all right, we're calling it. The Blackhawks are done. They're toast. All right, that's just glad, two down. Just glad, just glad Seth Jones is on the is on the preliminary U.S. roster. That'll go great. Oh yeah, maybe you jumped the gun a little bit there, Team USA. I'm can't shocked. Not, can't, Who's the GM of that team? I was going to say what 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 went into that time, that decision making process. Uh, Get out of here. Goodbye. All right, we're, we're calling it. Blackhawks are toast. They're <laughs> they're out. And if you if you want to jump into the comment section on the app, if you want us to weigh in on any other American teams only, mm-hmm. uh, to make the call, we can make calls positively too. Can we? Like, are they a playoff just, team? I just gassed up. I just gassed up the Blues, despite the fact that everything suggests that they're going to go in the toilet no, at some I, point. Yeah. I have no problems doing that. All right, Kevin T. As a Sabres fan, I'm pretty disappointed that you didn't dunk on them. It's a hockey podcast tradition at this point. Kevin, we love the Sabres. This is hurtful. We love the Sabres more than we love easy jokes. And that is that is saying quite, quite, quite a bit. No, I, I don't I love I love Sabres fans. I I, I have a I have a couple close friends who are who are Buffalo folks and like I don't it's that's corny, you know, lazy stuff to to dunk on them at this point. I agree. It's too easy. Um so who's on our love list? The Panthers, the Islanders still. Not, not the Hurricanes. Not the Hurricanes and the Sabres. So, that, that's on our... Oh, I, the I, I, Islanders, are, they're mm, testing me. But, right. but okay. Well, we'll get to them another week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave D says, fun interview with Jack Hughes. Thanks. As for Manscaped, I don't know if you guys have heard, Manscaped is a sponsor of the podcast. I was laughing away at the pseudo... I should probably have read this before. I don't know where this is going. Pseudo commercial on edge of my seat waiting to hear what the next amazing benefit of this bizarre product is. And really (laughs) cannot believe anybody would ever consider buying it, although the pouch seems to have some value. Uh, Buddy, I assume you've already already heard the ad read for this week. So, you found about some new benefits. (sighs) They're a sponsor and we love them. Turn... Michael D. Hey, Craig... Turn that mini candy bar into a king size candy <laughs> oh, bar. Going back into it. <laughs> it's the only thing I go back and listen to. I, I, every podcast oh. is done. We close the book and then we move on. The worst, the, the worst, the worst part about this is having to is having to listen to our Q and A's with these guys. It just makes me want to put a <laughs> a gun to my head. But I'm like, oh yeah, Manscaped dads. Oh. There we go. That's good content. Michael D says. Craig, absolute opportunity missed to recommend Jack Hughes behind the bench when chatting about sports books. You missed a free promo. I seriously thought about it. I I thought it would just be, it would come come across as either ass kissing by me or just completely disingenuous, which this is the more likely route. It would just been completely disingenuous. Like, oh, buddy. Thanks. I don't know if you've ever heard of a little book called (laughs) Behind the Bench. Some guy I knew wrote it. Um, if you haven't read it, it's uh, it's one of the, rated one of the top ten hockey books of all time. You can get it on Amazon. Anywhere books are stole, st- stolen, anywhere you can steal a book, steal behind the bench. I heard there's a sequel on the way, and that you're almost completely done with it. Oh my gosh! Now I'm stressed. <laughs> there is a sequel on the way. It's a GM version, and I've actually had some great conversations. I can't talk about yet. Yeah, he's about to he's about to outsource the transcribing to me. <laughs> 
how do you transcribe eight hours of a G- like ugh, conversation? Guess like, what, buddy? Go- Never gonna find out. Never gonna find out. Um, we'll see. This is the best show of the week. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will I agree? Craig panicking about whether this reality is real or not is <laughs> highlight worthy. I don't remember doing that. Is this real? I, I do. Is this real? Um, Bill says, glad you got a laugh from who cares? This isn't real. For what it's worth, it was a quote from Sean during the office pools selection. I knew I said that at some point. And then Bill Bill dropped the audio clip in there too. So, just for, just for uh, posterity's sake. Yeah, I, I knew I said it at some point. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Um, of course, it was me. <laughs> Jason wonders when Roman is coming back as a sponsor. The show. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> he's got some uh, perfect ad copy. All right, I'm going to read this in our in my ad voice. Um, this is from Jason K. This is his proposed Roman ad read. Hey, some guys strike out with the bases loaded. Some guys three put on the green. There was always a this three is all putt. this is all true. Like this is <laughs> this is just verbatim verbatim Roman ad copy. Yeah. Uh, it's some chuckleheads have an all-American sweetheart on their podcast, and then he dislocates his shoulder <laughs> the next game. <laughs> That's it. Um, Roman is discreet and comes right to you. All right. <laughs> no way you get Hughes now to find out Jack's go-to dish. Jason K., I disagree. We are going to get Quinn Hughes. That's going to happen. I promise. Mm-hmm. Bruce G., on behalf of Ian and Haley, here's a t-shirt for you. Grasshoppers are gluten free. <laughs> I can I can guess what that's in reference to. Yes, okay. Uh, Corey E. Love the American show. Gotta ask you though, you love to fight with Savage Salvian and Maniac Mendez, but why are you afraid of Down Goes Brown? Who's Down Goes Brown? I don't. Is that a? I'm not familiar. Uh, also, where's the fantasy episode for the show? Sundays are looking wide open. I again, I agree with all these. You don't. You for don't want advice shows. from from either of us, man. We're, we're yeah, yeah. You heard our hockey pools episode. Take Max Pacioretty. <laughs> Do it. You know who you should pass on Tarasenko. He's a bum. <laughs> we we would have drafted. We did. Uh, William Eklund, Cole Sillinger, oh twenty five dollars a piece, please. Jack Hughes. We were all over Jack. It was, Again, we're probably – I don't know what place we are in the office pools, uh, but we're not doing what well. – Mark Stone uh, – half our team's injured as, as we – that's not our fault. I checked out after Patchy Reddy and Stone got hurt. Yes. So, so um, thank you to office pools. All right. <laughs> that's a wrap. We're already pushing. Yeah, too long. Jeff. Too Pass long. the bell. He's well, got to get to Myrtle or whoever who's recording next. I'm showing all the have, order, I imagine. We have uh, three hours of Leafs postmortem we have to get to, so we need to jump off here. <laughs> So let's let's end. The, of course, they cut the American show short. Uh, if you missed uh, American Craig Anderson of the American Buffalo Sabers, he joined Ian and Haley. I, I, you know, I don't usually like to pump up their show, but Craig Anderson is he's a great talker. He's always I always like Craig because never minces anything. Like no. he, he's got he's a bit sour at times. Oh, I, and I mean, this I, with, I, with I, deep respect. I, I, I pissed him off once a few years ago. Did yeah. you really? Oh yeah. Yep, made him mad. I can't remember. It was it was it was uh it was during it was during a Sens a Sens Penguin series. He did not he's I I love I love guys like that. Yeah, no, like I, I have all the time in the world for those guys because you get like Pavelski's one of those guys that I would piss off, but then you got him and he's good and he's great and like doesn't like look, we're gonna be like it's gonna not always go well between us and mm-hmm. if we're asking questions that we think need to be asked. So and all the time in the world for Craig Anderson, he's great. So listen to that episode. Eddie Lack. 
is he he's uh he's the guest with Pizzo and Sarah Sivian and Jesse Granger on the Wednesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Let me tell you about Eddie Lack. He was a guest on the Full Sixty. If you want to go through the archives, mm-hmm. which you, if you you know if you're feeling um, nostalgic for the Full Sixty, go listen to that episode because Eddie Lack is great. He's a great interview, and I'm mad I didn't think of him. If you want unfiltered Craig without some jackass laughing behind him. Go listen to the full 60. It's better It's better than this one. If you want interviews where we don't jump on each other to cut off the answers from the guests. Which is we got to stop doing we do that. Best. I thought we were good. This week. Yeah. We're learning. All right. We're learning. Um, make sure you subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network at The Athletic Here's a little tease. Sean and I are doing the bonus uh, episode next week on Apple Podcasts. So, The Athletic Audio Plus. Do we know what we're going to talk about? Absolutely not. Start with a 30-day free trial. Then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And last, if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, I don't know, whoever you are out there, Mm -hmm. go to theathletic.com slash hockey show. You're getting in for $3.99 a month. Can't beat that. Sean, great work as always. David Backus, for real, sincere thank yeah, you the to best. The, the best interview that's ever been on a podcast. Um, and to producer Jeff for setting that up as always. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great week. We will see you in the bonus episode next week and our Tuesday episode. Most of all, happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> uh.